Welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. Tune in each week with Drew and James to hear a relevant conversation about a biblical topic. Thanks for joining. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. I'm James. I'm Drew. And we're here talking about the church. We've had a couple other past episodes. Hope you've had time to go back and listen to them. If you haven't, make sure and do that. I think this is number five. Number five. Yes, sir. Out of ten, I think we're going to kind of do talking about the church specifically. Yeah, so this is the halfway point. We've got a halfway show. Why is it Why is it important, show? James, for our listener, why is it important to think about the church? What do you think? I'm supposed to be the one asking questions? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, what do, you, what do you think just off the top of your head? Like yeah, no, I think it's a really good question, actually. Uh, so the church, in uh, specifically in the South, uh, where we sure. live, the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. there's a church on every corner. Right. And so we, I think there's a big confusion in what, culture has made the yeah. church versus what the Bible That's good. describes the church That's as. Really and so this is a really, I love this study. So some of the some of the things that might be important here is to think about like, what is a church supposed to be versus what do I want the church to be? Yeah. What is the church supposed to do versus what do I want the church to do? All those different kinds of things. So I, I hope that this is kind of helpful in, dis- in distinguishing some of those differences. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. Well, what, are we, go- what are we into today? Today we're going to be talking about how can I trust the church when it's been so untrustworthy? Which is a difficult question sometimes to ask out loud, but I think it's a great question for us to dive into. And I think it's I think it's an honest question. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you if you're maybe you've been a part of a church and you've seen if you've been a part of a church for any period of time, you've seen some things that don't seem to be very Christian, very God honoring. I mean, you've seen some you maybe seen some bad leadership. You maybe seen some you know sin in the church or sin in the pews, you know, so to speak. Some people that talk one way at work and talk another way at the church, some hypocrisy, all that kind of stuff. Um, And so we want to be honest about that and upfront about that. But at the same time, does that mean that the church is not trustworthy at all? Um, I think that's a, I think that's a deeper question here. Um, What do you, what do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that idea? I, I think having a great conversation about it, actually taking the time to, um, Figure out what the Bible thinks of the tr- trustworthiness and what the what the church should be um, is a great place to go. So let's do that. Cool. One thing I want to distinguish, as if you were listening to this, you can't see. I'm I was repairing a microphone that was falling down. We should be good now. Um, one thing I want to distinguish is between the trustworthiness of the church and the trustworthiness of Christ, and yes. so. If we talk about the church being the body of Christ, then we should, you know, we should think about, well, hey, there shouldn't be, if Christ is perfect and Christ is sinless, then why is there so much sin um, in the church, in his body? And I think that's just an important thing to remember that the church is Christ's body. The Bible very clearly talks about it in that way, mm-hmm. but the church is still made up of sinful people. Um, so, with that being in mind, what I want us to think about is not just can I trust the church? But can I trust the head of the church? Mm-hmm. The Bible says that you know the church, the, the the members of the church are you know individual Christians comprise the, the the membership of the church, the church universal we talked about. But the head of the church is Christ. So the question to ask, you know, how can I trust the church when it's been so untrustworthy? The question there is not really do you trust the church or do you trust a particular church, but do you trust the Lord? Do you trust Christ? Do you trust the head of the church? Now there are some 
we, there are some ways we want to weed out what might be untrustworthy church leadership, right? Yeah. Because that, that's certainly true. We don't want to we don't want to lend trust to those people who prove themselves to be untrustworthy. Of course. But then again, at the same time, if you never trust, um, if you never trust Christ, if you never give any trust to the church. I think your relationship with the church is going to be kind of difficult. Uh, it's going to be kind of be, be kind of be kind of strained there. So we need to remember it's God who has all the authority in the church. You know, all of the authority in the church belongs to Jesus Christ. He is He is her head, is what the Scripture says. And so a call to submit ourselves to the church is really a call to submit ourselves to the Lord. Um, so your pastor is not the head of the church. You know, I, I try to make it very clear here. I'm the pastor here at Creekside. One of the pastors here, we have several elders who serve in that capacity here. None of us is the head of the church. You know, all of our authority, you know, if, if you want to use that term, um, is delegated to us by by God through His Holy Word. Um, we don't actually hold the authority in the church, and that's such an important thing to remember. Now, if you get outside of those bounds, if you have leaders who are stepping outside of those bounds of what's God-given authority, well, they're no longer trying to make Christ the head of the church. They're trying to make something else to be the head of the church. That's where I think you can get into... into yeah. Uh, tricky waters, but as long as the the church structure understands who's running the show and who's not, um, there is there's a call for Christians to submit themselves to the church. Now, what that statement I just said right there is so unpopular uh, that in our culture, the idea of submitting yourself to a local church yeah. is, uh, you know, anything else sounds better than that. So why why would I say that? Why would I why would I ask that question? Hebrews thirteen seventeen. This is uh, the New Testament, book of Hebrews, full of rich gospel doctrine. 13, verse 17, says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Yeah. Now, that's... A pretty straightforward verse. I think it doesn't take a whole lot of like understanding the cultural connotations to understand what that verse is saying. It's saying that there are people who are going to lead the church. Uh, I think the biblical depiction, biblical description of church leadership uh, is that the church is ruled by Christ uh, through the established authority of the congregation. The congregation installs and puts into place elders, and those elders help to lead and guide the church uh, mm -hmm. in, in that kind of way. It's what we call, might call an elder-led um, congregational structure, you know, that, that, the, that Christ has given the keys of the kingdom from Matthew 16, Matthew 18, uh, to the local church on the whole. Um, and because of that, um, that they are the ones with actually the, they're the ones who make pronouncements on Christ's behalf as his body, uh, as a local representative. That being said, there are going to be leaders in a local church. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says, obey those leaders and submit to them. And anticipating the objection there, the, the writer of Hebrews says, for they are keeping watch over your souls yeah. as those who have to give an account. Notice there, who's going to give an account for what, what's gone on in that church. It's those individuals who are recognized as their leaders. Yeah. So as an elder in the church, I'm not entirely as concerned about what a one particular church member might say about my leadership as I am about what God is going to say about my, you know, about my leadership, the of way I've, I've shepherded the church. Now that, that brings like a whole different layer to this conversation, I think, because one of the reasons people don't want to trust the church is because they might say there's 
you know, there's been abuse of leadership and abuse of power and that there's no accountability. Um, But understand that no one ever gets to outrun their sin, even if there is like really, you know, really terrible. Let's be honest. Some pastors, some elders do really terrible stuff with their leadership. They abuse their their leadership and the authority that God has given them in the church. They will not go unpunished. Right. Like that's, that's, that's what this verse clearly teaches. At the same time, just because somebody somewhere is abusing their authority doesn't mean that everyone everywhere is abusing exactly. their authority. And so a one of the marks of a, a what I would say is a healthy church member is a submission to uh, godly authority. That doesn't mean that the authority is always perfectly exercised. That doesn't mean that every decision that your, um, your pastor or the leaders in your church makes is going to be perfect and right in line with what you think it is. But they are trying to lead you for your good. That's what the last part of verse 17 says. It says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. I love that verse because because it tells you, that second part of that verse tells you that there is a way for you as a Christian to let your church leaders watch over you, a way that you can let them do that that brings them joy or a way that brings them groaning. And it says, if you let your church leaders watch over you in a way that brings you joy or brings them joy, that's actually an advantage to you in your Christian life. It is good when your pastor like knows how you are, knows yeah. where you are, knows, you know, if you're gone from church for a couple of weeks, it's not that you've abandoned the faith, it's just that you're sick or that you're visiting family or something like that. Um, when there's a struggle or a trial or you're wrestling in your faith, that your your pastor would know that so that you, you could share that with him so he could pray for you, so he could care for you, you check up on you, all those kinds of things. Or there are those who don't submit to their leaders and they make the job of the pastor to be something where they groan, something where they, yeah. it's not a joy to them. And I just think about, uh, I've got, you know, you think about sh- pastoring, you might use the term shepherding, uh, and you think about sheep. I've got, I've got two neighbors out where I live and both of them have like three or four sheep. Uh, and it's just kind of fun to watch them out in the field. I don't have any sheep, but I have three dogs mm-hmm. and I have two dogs that are really well behaved. And I have one that is always like into mischief. Like, you know, last week we had some people over to the house and someone had left a loaf of garlic bread up on the counter and the dog had gotten into the house and I come down the stairs and the dog is up on its on its, on its hind legs up on the counter trying to eat this garlic and ate, ate a whole loaf of garlic bread, you know. <laughs> so it's just like one of those things. I, okay, if I'm able to, if I know where these these two good dogs are, right, it's a, it's a joy. But if that third dog, that bad dog, you know, if it's sitting right next to me, like I have assurance that it's doing, it you know brings me joy in some sense. I'm not having to worry about where where is she, what's she doing, what's she getting into. Um, but if I don't know where she is, I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm assuming she's doing something bad. She's doing something she's not supposed to. It's not a one to one correlation, but the Bible does talk about people being like sheep yeah. and pastors being like shepherds. Um, if you don't know where your where the sheep are, if you don't if you're you're constantly running from the shepherd's crook. Uh, making the shepherd's life more difficult, that's actually not going to go well for you as a member of the flock, yeah. you know, because then he's not able to give attention to the rest of the flock that he needs to give attention to. So what, th- thinking about, just thinking about this one verse right here um, really shows us that it's not really a, uh, it's not really an option for you as a Christian. If you want to obey the whole Bible and say every verse of the Bible is true, you have to figure out how to obey Hebrews 13, verse 17. Yeah. Obey your leaders and submit to them for their keeping watch over your souls. Without a church structure, without a, a healthy ecclesiology, a healthy doctrine of the church, 
I don't know how you can like obey this particular verse. And it's, it's actually a matter of obedience at this point and not yeah. a matter of preference. Now, there are all kinds of things you might prefer in a church. I prefer a church to do this or to do that, and that we can have all those kinds of conversations. But a healthy church is going to have some measure of healthy leadership where your, your leaders have some kind of desire, some kind of mechanism in place to be able to watch over you. And it is so hard in our culture that's so individualistic um, where many people's church experience is boiled down to what I can get out of the service on Sunday. Yeah. Um, that's a concept that's foreign to Hebrews. Hebrew, Hebrews is thinking about a, a body, a group of people where members are known by members and known by pastors and known by leaders. And so just to say, if you don't have a pastor at your church that knows you, knows your name, knows something about your family, if you can't spend time with a pastor at your church, um, I would just ask you, maybe maybe you go to a really large church, you know, um, but there just seems like there's no availability. I would just ask, how do you think that that leadership over your soul, like how is that going? There, there's a lot of really good things about having a church with a lot of resources, yeah. but one of the detriments, I think, and one of the one of the benefits of a smaller church um, is that pastors do have that kind of availability to get to know people, and there yeah. there needs to be this kind of growing mechanism to be able to watch over people as the church numerically grows. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons we have so many problems and there is so much mistrust of leadership is because pastors aren't even able to get to know their sheep even if they would want to. Uh, yeah. There's not there's not a kind of uh, reason, there's not a kind of way uh, for that to happen. Does this bring up any thoughts for you, questions you want to press in on? Yeah, and I think one of the, the words that you use there is submission. Uh, unfortunately, in this culture, that is not a popular word. And we talked about that a little bit. Um, yeah. And when... Um, when God gave us this ideal church, He was saying that we are married. We are yeah. uh, the bride and the groom, and, and sure. the church is the bride, right? And so in that analogy, submission is, is key. And it's not, uh, it's not a blind submission. It's not where I just, oh, I'm going to listen to what you say. You make all the decisions. Sure. It's a, um, we understand where these decisions are coming from because we all are in one accord, one mind, one heart and this of Christ. Right. And so, yeah, I think that there's, unfortunately some people will take that scripture and just say, Oh, you shouldn't ask any questions. You need to just, you know, blind obedience. And And I I, think there's a difference. I absolutely, this is not a, this is not a kind of blind obedience. If you're, for example, if your leaders are not qualified according to first Timothy three or Titus chapter two, well, you should not submit to leaders who pick and choose what verses they want to believe out of the Bible. Yeah. You know, that I think that's a very clear because their authority as leaders is actually a derived authority from scripture. It's not an authority they have innately in themselves just by just by holding that uh, that particular office. So like there's one example. I think in our culture though, we are too quick to rush to the exceptions rather than just to sit with the command. Yes. You know, obey your leaders and submit to them. For they're keeping watch over your souls, as those will have to give an account. Period. No, there's no exception clause right. there in Hebrews 13. Now, surely, if we think about this for a moment, if you know, if your leaders unqualified, if they have a history of you know damaging people in the church, yeah. you know, if they're not preaching sound doctrine, all those kinds of things, there might be some questions that you should you should you know you should run from that kind of leadership. Look yeah. for a church with healthier uh, ecclesiology. But in my experience, the reason people uh, people don't submit to the authority of leaders is is not because of those things, 
it's because of preferential issues. Yeah. You know, hey, the, you know, I had this thing that I wanted to do and, or I was, you know, I, I, I wanted to have this conversation and wasn't able right. to have it. I wanted to do, you know, this particular ministry and we didn't do this ministry. And yeah. so we didn't turn the lights off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well yeah, we were singing and we didn't turn the lights off. You know, <laughs> yeah. we were, you know, we were preaching and we left the lights on and yeah, I wanted exactly. a nap or whatever it might be. You know, um, we think about those so silly little circumstantial things. Yeah. You're, you know, but let's just keep reminding ourselves we're all going to stand before God. Exactly. And that moment, those little small trivial things, those small reasons to say, well, you know, Lord, I didn't want to submit to this church because, well, I didn't like fill in the blank. Right. Um, on the day of judgment, on the last day, uh, wh- what will God say? Yeah. You know, and if we're in Christ, right, we don't need to fear the judgment seat of, of the Lord, you know, we, we, because Christ has borne our judgment. And that's a, that's a wonderful gospel truth. But the reality still stands um, that all people have to give an account. Leaders will be charged more, uh, more firmly, more sternly because of their position given in the church. Yeah. But also the church members are going to have to, you know, reckon with the fact did they did they submit to the leadership that God had given them? That's another thing right. I want to focus on. God gives leaders to His church that they are gifts from the good hand of the Father to His church to help lead and to help guide um, the church. So if you have a problem between uh, you know with, between with submitting to a pastor and it's not been addressed, I'm going to go one step further there and say you actually don't just have a problem with the pastor's authority. You actually have a problem with God's authority. Yeah. And, and come to wrestle with that. Um, just like it talks about, I would say the same is true for a husband and a wife. Yep. You know, if a wife is not willing to submit to her husband, it's not just that she doesn't trust her husband, it's that she actually doesn't trust God right. because God has told her. And same way with the government, you know, the Bible tells us as Christians to submit to the government. And again, we want to rush to those qualification clauses. Exactly. Well, hey, the government's unjust, the government does this, the government does all these kinds of things, so we should resist. And I'm not saying there, there isn't a time and a place for that. But the Bible doesn't really jump to the qualifications as much as it sits in the command. And I just want to remind us of that. You'll never find a perfect church. No. If you find a perfect church with perfect leaders, don't join it because <laughs> you'll mess it up, right? You've heard that phrase. You'll never find a perfect church with perfect leaders. But all Christians who are truly Christians worship a perfect Christ. Do you trust Christ? I mean, yeah. that's, that's the question. Not just for salvation, but also for leadership in this life. If you, if you do, if you trust Christ, then you should trust his word. Yeah. And if you trust his word, how are you obeying Hebrews 13, verse 17? Um, just because there's no such thing as a perfect church doesn't mean there's not such a thing as a biblical church, yeah. a church that ab- seeks to abide in the right kind of leadership, the right kind of structures, looking for a church that is being faithful, pastors who are preaching and teaching the word, who are more concerned about what God thinks and about what the culture thinks. I mean, I think that's just such an important thing in our day and age that's going to talk about things like this. Like, this is mm-hmm. a totally like unpopular concept for us to talk about. For me to ask the question, how can I trust the church when it's been so untrustworthy? I would wager most of the podcasts you listen to, whenever the, that question is asked, they're going to say, well, don't trust the church because it's not trustworthy and it's proven mm-hmm. itself not to be. I think that's a, I think that's short-sighted. I think that's short-selling the church. And I think that's missing out on what God wants to do through yeah. regular, ordinary churches preaching the gospel. And we need to be reminded God is going to put his people in his places. That God you know, puts certain leaders in certain churches for periods of time for his purposes, and God will not be mocked. So if you trust the Lord, you know, maybe there's some things you and your pastor might not see eye to eye on. Maybe there's some differences of opinion about something. But if he's preaching you the gospel, if he's bringing you the word, 
if he's seeking to do a faithful job, if he loves his family well, loves his wife well, um, and is seeking to lead the church in a way that brings God glory, I would I would second guess myself before I said I'm not going to submit to that kind of leadership because possibly God has put you in that place so that you would submit to that leadership so you might flourish. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so we're not really at this point talking about trusting the church. You're more trusting Christ. Yeah, and the leadership He's put in place inside the church. Exactly. And if I, I just I find it really funny that we're really quick to trust tr- Christ for our eternal justification. You yeah. know, we're qu- we're quick to we're quick to trust him for our salvation. But when it comes to our Sundays, yeah. I'm not really sure if I can I can trust it. Are you kidding me? Right. You know, how can you how could you trust what Christ says that anyone who uh, professes the name of the Lord will be saved? How can you believe that? But then pick and choose with other portions of scripture. And again, I think it's just a, it's it's a desire to think deeply and biblically about what the church is and what the yes. church is supposed to be. Yeah. Great conversation today. I've really enjoyed it. I, you know, I always feel like I learned something new as we do these podcasts, and I hope that our viewers and listeners are doing the same thing. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, if you guys ever need anything or if you have questions that maybe we didn't address here, make sure and shoot us an email. That email is uh, info at creeksidefellowshiptn.org. Yeah. It's the shortest first part <laughs> and the longest last part. We have such a long email address. So, Anyway, Creekside Fellowship TN, as in Tennessee, dot org. There you go. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Let's talk and, and talking about the church. And we'll see you again right here on the Creekside Podcast next week. Mm-hmm.